Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Finish Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Friday night here. Real quick before I jump into my own sweat session, but I stumbled across this blog post and article shared from a guy that I used to hoop with uh, way back in the day, and I wanted to share it with all of you guys because it was just a handful of friendly reminders for me, but I feel for many of you out there, it's going to cut much, much deeper and maybe spark something, especially around this time of the year, the holidays, that uh, allows you to make a change and maybe start doing things slightly different. So I have to share this before I even dig in. Admittedly, I don't see most things on social media because I don't consume it like a normal person, not because I don't want to, but we're so busy here creating and documenting and doing programs and coaching humans and putting out you know stuff every single day. I don't have the bandwidth to sit and scroll through and waste you know six minutes here, seven minutes here, eight minutes here on, on somebody else's stuff. Um, not because I think I'm better than anybody and not because I don't want to see what's going on in your guys' lives, but my... Mental bandwidth is only so big, and so like there's only so much I can squeeze in my head, and that stuff just has to go to the side. But once in a great while, I'll see things, you know, I'll click it, I'll like it, especially if it's our clients, our, our people here that are so involved in my life. But I saw a guy I used to hoop with, his name is Monty Graham. He posted it, and uh, the title struck me, and so I scrolled through it, and it, you know, I went kind of down the uh, article, you know, vortex, and I got lost in it, and. Uh, it was a great read, so I wanted to share it with all of you guys today. And I need to share a story quick about Monty, just, and this will tie into the article itself. Monty's a dude, he grew up in my hood, um, actually played in the NOP tourney with us, and again, if you guys who know me, it's the same, you know, basketball tournament we made up as kids that we've kept going on for 25 years here. And uh, we still, you know, play on the 4th of July every year. I think this is year number 25, which is insane, because we're all old and terrible now. But I remember, like, one play specifically, and Monty and I, he, he, you know, he's a pretty good baller, and he would try really hard, and he would play defense, and he would hustle, he'd do all the things that annoyed you if you're playing against him, and all the things that you loved if, if he was your teammate, and I remember I got a steal uh, in the tourney, and it went up for a dunk, I dunked it, he followed me, my hand slips off the rim, and I'm either like just graduating college, or I had just graduated, so I'm like in my prime juice years, right? And, uh, and when I say I have the juice, like the best I ever was in terms of sport and athletics in, in that time frame of life, my hand slips off the rim and I go straight down, eat shit on the concrete, just like boom, falls super hard. And I remember I was so pissed, I just wanted to punch him in his face. But that's the game. And again, if that happened to me today, I'd probably be dead, so I couldn't do anything whatsoever. But I bounced back up, we played, and that was kind of the relationship him and I had, you know, at least playing, like where it was, you know, competitive, he would try, he would hustle, and you just kind of do your thing. And um, Monty, if you're listening, love you, brother, happy to have you, you know, as part of the Knopp family forever. Uh, and it was never anything personal. And that's what I want to get at, and I'm going to tie this to the, the article in the blog post here. It's never a personal thing when you play sports, at least for me it never was. In the confines of the game, it's like you're hustling, you're you're competitive. I was a killer. My, my goal was just to embarrass you and just try to murder you every time we played it. And my hope was you would do the same so we would get the best out of each other. But once the game is over, there's no more you know, hate. There's no more animosity. There's no more anything. It's just a mutual respect of people who are competing in the arena. And so I never held grudges with people uh, beyond the game itself. I don't think anybody else should either. And that's where I'm driving at with this post that he had shared. It's titled 20 brutal truths about life 
no one wants to admit. And originally this was written by Matthew Jones, who's a contributor at Inc.com. It's a great piece. I'm going to kind of paraphrase and go through the 20 truths that I think are going to cut a lot of you guys pretty deep here. And before I even kick off and say anything, if you know me, you know how much I value time, 86,400 seconds. We put it on t-shirts. It's a chapter in my book. We post it on the walls here because I do value it so much. I believe time and health are interchangeable. Without one, the other one doesn't matter. And those are the two resources you really have to appreciate and hold on to for as long as you can or for as long as you have the gift of both of them. Because time is your most valuable asset. And you really have to prioritize how you spend it every single day. And for a lot of us, it's much easier to talk about sports and the weather and our jobs or our house or celebrities or cars or, you know, any materialistic stuff it, as opposed to talking about our fear of, you know, mortality, like understanding that, you know, life is not going to go on forever. And unfortunately, the more time you spend pretending that the ultimate truths don't exist, the more time you spend wasting not being your authentic true self and really getting the most out of every second of your life. And again, time, not money, is your most valuable asset. You can always get more money, but you can't get more time. Again, you'll never have more time in your life than you do right now. Every second that goes by, that's one second less that you will not be on this planet. That's a reality that I know we all know, but it has to really sink in. And so I'm going to go down this list and hopefully, you know, it triggers something, it ignites something in you and sparks some perspective, some gratitude, some motivation, maybe even, you know, inspiration to make better use of your time on this planet. And sometimes we have to just understand, you know, the beauty of life. You know, sometimes shitty days just exist to make the great days that much greater. We call it peaks and valleys. And uh, these are 20 brutal truths that every single person has to hear. And again, they're all things you know, but yet we don't live our life as we know them. Number one, you're going to die and you have no idea when. Stop pretending that you're invincible and that it can't happen to you. Because every time you say, well, that would never happen to me or that sucks for them. No, you are them. That can happen to you. And acknowledge the fact of your own mortality and start structuring your life in a more meaningful way. And I share this with my wife all the time. We'll talk about stuff and, and stories I hear from, you know, athletes and clients and people and friends that were around. And she gets the 100% uncut real version of me. You guys probably get the 99% because I'll always hold 1% back because I don't want to freak you guys the fuck out. But I'll say things to her like when people are complaining, I'm like, do these people know they're going to die, right? Like, they know they're going to be dead in, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, maybe 40 years at most, yet they're worrying about all this meaningless shit that doesn't really have any impact on their life or the world, and they're stressing out, and they're worrying about the comparison and the judgment and all these crazy things. And so you guys all know that, but just understand, like, you won't be here forever, so don't waste it doing dumb shit. Number two, everyone you love is also going to die, and you don't know when. And the truth may be saddening at first to hear. Um, and this goes for you know parents, brothers, sisters, you know husbands, wives, even pets, especially if you are as close to your animals as we are. Um, and it might be sad and depressing to hear me say that, but it also gives you a permission to really value the time with them, and more importantly, to make amends and look past any you know grudges 
or difficulties and reestablish a meaningful relationship with the important people and figures in your life if there are people you want to have in your life. Now, there's sometimes people who just suck and you got to cut them out of your life because they're fucking terrible and you can't stand them anymore. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people who you've had a minor disagreement. You've had a beef over something so stupid that got misunderstood or misconstrued and you took it too far. And again, I'm just telling you guys to squash it. Uh, because it does no good. Alienating really good people from your life is probably one of the worst things you can do. And looking back and having regret on that is an awful thing. And I've shared this before. Anybody um, that I felt I've wronged by, you know, whether it be, you know, former women I have dated, uh, that's probably one of the biggest ones as a younger man because we're men and we're stupid. Um, And just, you know, people I've had, you know, like Monty, for example, uh, people that maybe we've had, you know, verbal spats with or altercations with, I have messaged each one of them and hopefully reached out to them and let them know, hey man, you know, it's not personal. Anything I did as a younger individual, I'm sorry. I wish you could meet me now at this point in my life where I have, you know, I'm more mindful. I have more gratitude. I have more perspective. And so I've tried to make amends with every single person I've ever wronged in my entire life. And that is probably one of the most freeing, cathartic feelings you can ever have. And I sleep much better at night looking back, not having regrets and not feeling like, hey, man, I made somebody feel shitty. Um, You know, let me try to right the ship if I can. And I'd urge you all to do the same. Number three. Your material wealth won't make you a better or happier person. Even if you're one of the lucky ones who achieves his or her materialistic dreams, whatever that is for you, it won't make you happy. Money only amplifies that which is already present in your life. So if you're not happy today making 62000 bucks a year, if you're not happy today making $37,000 a year, you're not going to be happy at one thirty-seven. Doesn't really change anything. Um, and I know a lot of you are listening to me like, oh, yeah, Jeremy, easy for you to say. I, I mean it with all sincerity. Um, short of being dead broke, um, it really doesn't move the needle that much. Now, obviously, if you're living, you know, pennies to pennies each, you know, week, like I did at one time in life, that's a little bit different. A couple of bucks is going to make things better. But honestly, I think about, you know, anything past probably year number three in this business to now, I'm no happier. Um, I have way more money, way more money, and it's not even close, and it's more than I ever imagined a a little ghetto-ass, you know, broke kid like me could ever have, but I'm no happier, man. I have more responsibilities. I have more stress for sure. I have more to manage. My brain is full of stuff, you know, not necessarily worrying, but just the management of it, Um, but it doesn't buy you happiness. It, It really doesn't. Number four, your obsession with finding happiness is what prevents you from attaining it. Happiness is always present in your life if you choose to see it. It's just a matter of connecting to it and allowing it to flow through you. That's the challenging part. You can't control a lot of things in life, but you can make the best of almost any situation. You can be happy at least intermittently every single day just for the most smallest basic things on earth. And I always give the example of like, Drinking these fancy coffees, you know, wearing a fresh pair of shoes, getting a decent haircut, you know, a cool breeze when it's 100 degrees out, kissing your wife, walking your dog, listening to Tupac, doing a cannonball in your pool. Whatever your jam is, you can be happy doing the most basic fundamental things. Number five, donating money does less than donating time. Giving your time is a way to change your perception, and create a memory for yourself and others that will last forever. This is 
100% true, and it hits the nail right on the head. I've donated more money in the last five years than I probably made the first five years that I was even in business, and I mean that with all sincerity, but it really doesn't mean anything to me. It's much easier for me to donate money than it is donate my time because, again, I value time way more than I value money. But when we do adoptive families, uh, and like for Thanksgiving and for Christmas, and my wife and I physically go buy the kids Christmas presents, and we buy their Christmas dinner or their Thanksgiving dinner, and then we show up and deliver it to their house, that shit's real for us. Um, and it hits home for me probably even harder than it hits home for her because I remember those times as a kid. And... Uh, you know, I always thought we had it the worst, and then we deliver to these people, and I'm like, holy shit, dude. I had it so much better than these. You know, it's usually like a single mom with like six kids, like living in the ghetto, bars in the windows, full gates on the driveways, just a different, you know, situation altogether. And that sticks with you. It does. And the story I've shared before is, remember we did our first adoptive family way, way back and I remember we went to Ross for the clothes, like Walmart for the food, and we got these guys a microwave from Walmart. And I remember the family opening up the microwave as we're in the living room, and the little girl and the boy are crying, like screaming, crying, because they're so excited that they have a microwave. That microwave costs like 40 bucks. And I, I again, I didn't grow up with money, but we always had a microwave. That's for damn sure. That's how I made everything, honestly. And to watch, you know, two children who should be getting bikes, you know, and, you know, signing up for sports teams and doing stuff and getting nice clothes and maybe some fun games to play. They're crying because they have a microwave in their house. And that's when it really hit me, man. It's not the 40 bucks. It's you actually physically showing up and showing that you give a shit. And it gives that kid hope that somebody cares and that somebody gives a fuck about them and that their life can be something more than the current station that they're in right now. So if you can donate time to do anything, I urge you guys to do it. Number six, you can't make everyone happy, and if you try, you'll lose yourself. Stop trying to please everyone and start respecting your values, your principles, and your autonomy. Um, I'm not really a people pleaser. Again, I try to you know bend as much as I can for our people here because I care about them, but my wife will tell you right now, if I don't want to do something, I won't do it. And there ain't nothing you can do to convince me otherwise. I'm very giving with my time with her and showing up to do things and be around people. But man, um, I am not a people pleaser by any means. I can't be. I can't sacrifice who I am and my happiness uh, just to make everybody else feel appeased. I try to do it, you know, for a couple years early on and it's wrong. And if you're in a relationship and you're trying to make your husband or wife do it, please stop. Um, you're going to end up alienating them. You're going to create a divide between you two. They're not going to feel like your teammates. Um, it's going to be a real strain on your marriage and your relationship. And if you're the person doing it and you think you're helping everybody else, you're not. You're becoming, you know, a shittier version of yourself behind closed doors. So again, you can do things for other people, but please do not, you know, bend and break for everybody else. Number seven, you can't be perfect. And holding yourself to unrealistic standards creates suffering. It really does. And I'm not a perfectionist by any means. I suck at a lot of stuff and i am never been perfect and I'm sure as hell not going to start now. But my wife, for example, uh, suffers with the perfectionist stuff a lot. A lot of people here I work with do as well. And many perfectionists have this unrelenting you know, inner critic inside them. Um, 
and they're full of so much rage and, and self-hate that it tears them up inside because they want everything to just be perfect, whether it be their body, their clothes, their hair, their face, their house, their car, uh, how they're perceived on the internet or in person, you name it. They just want everything to kind of, you know, perfectly fit into a square box. The problem is, is these are circles. They don't fit into square boxes and everything won't always be perfect. You have to fight back against that negative perfectionist voice um, and really amplify with your intuition and start challenging your unrealistic standards. And tell yourself this, like, nobody gives a shit. Nobody really does. And I, I don't want to make... I don't want to say this the wrong way and make you guys feel like what you're doing in life is not important because it is to you and your family and your friends and you one person does have a huge impact on the world on a very deep deep level if you're creating relationships with them but last night we're in here I have to share this my homie Dilo uh, Dave DiLorenzo who I'll share his podcast which I was on I'm gonna have him come on the podcast he's a dude's a gamer not just fitness but like just how he runs his business in his life like the dude leads from the front he's amazing but he comes in and he trains like a maniac, and uh, we always let him pick the music when he comes in, and he wanted to play Aerosmith last night, which for him is one of the more popular things that he plays. Most of the time, he'll say things like, can you play a rat? And I'm talking like a rat with two Ts, which first of all, I've never even heard of that shit. And I know most music, and I've never heard of that. And he's like, play a rat, and I'm like, this sounds terrible. But anyways, he plays Aerosmith last night, and like all the hits are on, right? Even the shit that I know, like word for word. And at the same time, we have a group of girls in here, little soccer players, like, 11, 12 years old, and they're playing, and I asked them, like, hey, you girls know who sings this? Not a single one of them knew. Now, here's the worst part. My young coach here, Jacob, he's 25 years old. Jacob, you know who sings this? Shakes his head. He has no idea. He's 25 years old, and he has no idea who Aerosmith is. Now, for all my perfectionists out there, let that sink in. You're fucking Aerosmith. You're Aerosmith. You have sold hundreds of millions of records, and it's streaming on Spotify. Steven Tyler, the whole nine. Everybody in the world knows who you are, yet they don't. Nobody cares. A 25-year-old who seems pretty with it has no idea who you even are, yet you guys out there listening to me who are the perfectionists are caring about if your social media is perfect, if your yard is perfect, if your outfit's perfect, if your hair is perfect, if people don't even know who Aerosmith is. Do you think they really give a shit about your house or your hair or your outfit? I promise you, they do not. If it's not perfect, let it go and just live your best life. I had to share that story. Uh, Number eight, your thoughts are less important than your feelings and your feelings need acknowledgement. Intellectually thinking through your problems isn't always as helpful as expressing the feelings that create your difficulties in the first place. And I believe this to be true as well. Um, Probably the one I struggle with the most. I'm very good at just being very robotic and very much Dexter Morgan-like and just kind of thinking through a problem and moving through space and not asking myself, you know, why I feel the way that I feel about certain things. Just because it's easier sometimes to be, you know, robotic about it and not get emotional. And sometimes that can be bad and sometimes it can be good. But I think you guys identifying why you feel the way you feel and what kind of mood that puts you in is crucial for life. Number nine, your actions speak louder than your words. So you need to hold yourself accountable. Be responsible and take actions that increase positivity and love and let go of the negative shit. I don't really, uh, again, 
I take everything that people say with a grain of salt. I work in the health and fitness space, you guys. So you know how many times people have come in and say, Jeremy, I'm going to go 100% all in. I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to do this every day. I'm going to eat this every day. I'm going to sleep this way, train this way. I'll see you tomorrow. And they ghost us. We never see them again. We email them. We call them. We follow up. And they just it's like they disappeared off the face of the planet. Yet they were so motivated 12 hours ago. So actions speak louder than words. I don't really listen to what people say in depth up front until there's actionable steps behind it. I watch what people do. I map the physical behavior. Are they actually showing up and doing the work? That's what matters. You can tell me you eat perfect, but until we see it, it really doesn't mean anything. You can tell me you're working really hard, but I can see it in here if you're really working hard. Actions always matter more than the words. Number 10. Your achievements and successes won't matter on your deathbed. When your time has come to transition from this life and this reality to whatever is next, whatever you believe in, God, the universe, source energy, unicorn tears, whatever it may be, you won't be thinking about your pay raise or your salary or your job title or the degrees you earned or any of the other achievements and shit you collected along the way. Most likely, you'll be thinking about the relationships that you've made and the people who matter most to you in your life and the feelings that you felt with those people and the experiences that you had. And knowing this, you should start acting accordingly every single day of your life. Now, again, I'm not telling you not to go out and work for shit and be driven. That's why I harp on doing shit that you love for your career and your life so much because... If you're not happy, you're not having fun, and you don't see the purpose of it, what the hell is the point of all this anyway? Like, again, I'm not trying to make things sound meaningless, but it's so arbitrary. And I've said this before, like, we don't live life the way that it really makes sense. Like, again, I use my dad. Like, I don't think of my dad as, like, a truck driver, which he did for 33 years until he transitioned to this phase of his life. He's just my dad. That's who I think of him as like, I don't think of my mom as like a sales manager. Like that's just what she did for her job. Like, but she's my mom. That's, that's who she is. Like even people in the fitness space, like when I think of like, let's say BJ Kadur, like BJ is my homie. Like, yeah, he's one of the best people in fitness who has like ever lived in my opinion. And he's like a fucking savant, like in terms of movement and understanding it and making it bite sizable for people. But I don't just think of him as a fitness person. He's just, he's just BJ, my homie. We talk about a lot of other shit outside of just fitness. And so that's why I say, like, your life is not just about what you do. Your life is not just about the money you make and the car you drive and the house you live. And in fact, I think all those things really pale in comparison to the person that you are and the people that you touch and the people that matter most. Yet we sometimes spend so much of our life trying to impress all the outside fucking people And we neglect the inside people that are closest to us. And we treat those people the worst, which makes zero fucking sense. And at my house, when it ever happens, we stop it immediately. And I'm like, would you talk to your boss that way? Would you talk to a client that way? Would you talk to a coworker that way? Then why the fuck would you talk to me that way? And that's where we have the conversation because those are the people closest to us. Yet we sometimes give to everybody else outside the circle. We really have to give to people inside the circle because those are the people who matter the most. Number 11, your talent means almost nothing without consistent effort and practice. Some of the most talented people in the world never move out of their parents' basements. 
this is real, man. Uh, talent is a real thing, but if you don't work at it, it will only take you so far. And I'm not about comparison. I'm really not. Yet I grew up in a school system where we, you know, rank everybody by GPA and class rank. And we tell them, hey, your kid is smart. Your kid is stupid. Your kid is great. Your kid is average based on what their GPA is and where their grades fall. And uh, I ended up graduating high school, you know, from a a prestigious, you know, private uh, educational place and I believe I was like number four or five from the very bottom of graduating uh, kids in the class and there's a lot of successful people in there but none of them are doing what I'm doing not like this and I'm not comparing I'm not judging some of them are you know doctors and lawyers and you know anthropologists and they're doing a lot of really fancy shit but none of them are doing what I'm doing man and that's what I mean by the consistent effort and practice now are those people smarter than me? Absolutely. Every single fucking one of them is way smarter than me. But they don't consistently work at the pace that I work. They don't put as much effort into it as I do. They haven't practiced and banged on their craft as much as I have. And so you can have all the talent in the world, but it really doesn't mean shit. I'll take the guy who will die working as hard as humanly possible. He can either do the skill or he can't do the skill. And oftentimes we can teach him the basic skills. But that, you know, diehard, consistent effort to put in day in and day out, that's what I really value. So again, you guys can be talented, but it doesn't mean a lot if you don't consistently work your face off to get where you want to be. Number 12, now is the only time that matters. So stop wasting it by ruminating on the past or just planning for the future. You can't control the past and you can't really get a lot done living in the rear view and you can't predict the future. And trying to do so really only removes you from the one thing that you can control, which is the present. So really just try to enjoy every moment that you're in. Be mindful of it while you're there. And again, you can always look back at the past and learn from the mistakes. You can look forward to the future to get you excited, but you need to really be living in the present. And I don't think a lot of people are, especially not today with the way. And again, I think it's always been this way. I just think it just exposes us more because of social media is out there. I don't think it. I don't think social media has changed our behavior as humans at all, or at least not a ton at this point. But it really just exposes our behavior for what it's always been, and it brings it to the forefront so everybody can see it. Number thirteen. Nobody cares how difficult your life is. You are the author of your life story. Stop looking for people to give you sympathy or looking for people to blame and start creating a life that you want to live every single day. I can promise you, unless you are the 8 billionth person on the planet, somebody has it way worse than you. They really do. And if you have the luxury of listening to me right now, you're pretty fucking lucky, dude. Regardless of all the shit that you've been through, and I'm sure a lot of you got really shitty stories, I'm not debating that, and you've been through a lot of stuff that I don't understand and I can't help you with, but I know for a fact there's people out there who have it way worse than you because they can't hear me. They can't see me. They can't understand me. They don't have arms. They don't have legs. You're in a much better position than you even realize. Just understand that. Number 14. Your words are more important than your thoughts. So start inspiring people. Words have the power to oppress, to hurt, and to shame, but they also have the power to liberate and inspire and to heal and to help. So start using your words more wisely. You can think all the things in the world, but you have to actually start saying things for it to really make a difference. And I guess what's that saying? You know, 
people won't bring you soup when you're sick, but they'll bring flowers to your funeral. We don't need to celebrate people when they're dead. I mean, we can, it's cool and all, but why not celebrate them while they're here and they're alive and that they know about it? So if you're listening to me right now, just stop this. Once I get done finishing this phrase and text your friend, call them, message them, email them, somebody who's helped you, teacher, husband, wife, brother, sister, whoever the fuck it is, and just say, hey man, I appreciate you. Thank you for being in my life, or thank you for doing this, or hey man, how's it been? Just a simple reach out means all the difference in the world, and sometimes that simple text or call dialogue can create you know, something really special in the moment that you didn't have before. And again, you can think about somebody all day long, but let them know. Use your words. Number 15, investing in yourself isn't selfish. It's the most worthwhile thing you can do. Like we always say, you have to put your own gas mask on first. If you can't save yourself, you sure as hell can't save the person sitting next to you. You can't save your husband, you can't save your wife, or your kids, or your coworkers, or anybody else if you're truly suffering. So investing in yourself, whether that be you know, just taking time out to be quiet, to meditate, to be mindful, uh, invest in audiobooks or conferences or the circle that you're living in or a vacation or whatever your thing is, do to get your mind right. You have to do that. It is not selfish putting yourself first because if you're suffering, even if you think you're helping everybody else, I promise you they're suffering too. Number 16, it's not what happens, it's how you react that matters. Train yourself to respond in a way that leads to better outcomes. Again, you can't control the shitty stuff that happens to you, but you can control your attitude and your actions afterwards towards that event. And trust me, man, I know some things are much harder to deal with than others. And man, do I know it, but I know a lot of you do too. And it's hard to see it uh, when you're in the middle of the shit, but just know if you can keep a positive attitude and you can somehow find some positive light behind it, it's not going to bury you. It's just going to plant you to let you grow stronger. Number 17, you need to improve your relationships to have lasting happiness. Relationships have a greater impact on your well-being and happiness than your income, than your occupation, than your degrees and your job title and anything else. So make sure you give your relationships the attention and work they deserve. I have to say this for the fact of somebody tagged me uh, either on Twitter or maybe it was IG. And it was off a quote I shared about a week ago. And he was like, hey, man, appreciate the post. Thank you. This is so true. So many people spend so much time planning their wedding, yet zero time planning their marriage. So much time, effort, energy goes into planning the day of the wedding, and yet they put about one-tenth of the effort into their marriage itself, which is really ridiculous, right? And if you're listening to me and you think about it, you're like, holy shit, I'm guilty of that. Stop doing that now. Because your relationship in the long haul, the marriage itself, has a much greater impact on your well-being and your happiness than the fucking wedding did. Your relationship with your friends and your family and your brothers and your sisters and the people that matter to you most have a much bigger impact on your life than your income, than the $103,000 you make, than the $22,000 you make, than the job title of senior vice president this or doctor, lawyer, accountant, CPA teacher, whatever the hell it is. Again, that's not who you are. The people closest to you in those relationships are what really, really counts. So act accordingly. Number 18, pleasure 
is temporary and fleeting. So stop always chasing fireworks and start building a constellation. Man, that's fire right there. Um, the takeaway, don't settle just for the immediate gratification. Don't settle just for the ego boost right now. Um, you can delay the gratification initially to experience a much deeper, long-lasting fulfillment. And in the social media world, especially the one that I you know, have become accustomed to at this point, don't just pander to likes and follows. And that is not the definition of your self-worth. It really means nothing at the end of the day. If somebody liked your photo or commented or you got views on it, and I hear people say this shit too, even the little kids that come in here. Oh, so-and-so has this many followers. What the fuck does that even mean? What does that matter? If I post a video right now and you know 400,000 people see it and like it and comment it, so what? If it helped them, I'm, I'm very happy to help them, but it's not who I am. It doesn't define me. I'm not, I don't post on the internet to get this ego boost or dick stroke or you know, make me feel a certain way. It doesn't mean anything. The private messages you get in the DMs or the comments of people, hey man, thank you so much. This, I had a really shitty day. You know, I just lost my kid or whatever it may be. Of all the awesome things we've got to hear, and I'll share a lot of them for you on a different podcast, that matters more to me than like, oh man, you got 300,000 followers on Instagram. Hey man, you're getting hundreds of thousands of listens to on the podcast. Hey man, your email list is, it doesn't matter unless I'm really making a difference. I don't do it for, you know, to check the scoreboard. I'm too busy playing the game trying to really help people. And by not looking at where the numbers are, I'm experiencing something much deeper and much more fulfilling. So for you guys listening out there, don't always chase that instant high of the feedback, of the constant adoration, and and having people having to tell you you look so great and you're so awesome. If you do the right thing by them, you're going to hear it more than you ever thought possible and on a much, much deeper level. Number 19, your ambition means nothing without execution. It's time to put in the work. If you want to change the world, then you actually have to go out there and do it. And a lot of people say it all the time, well, I want to change the world. Just work on changing yourself. That's where the change comes from. You don't have to influence 100,000 other people. First, you have to influence yourself. You have to be the best version of you, the most mindful the most gratitude-filled, have the most perspective, be the kindest, the most giving, the most generous, uh, the most intentional. And by doing that, you're going to infect other people with that stuff. You know, real recognizes real, as the great philosopher Jay-Z once said. And people see that and they feel it. I'm not talking about like the external bullshit cheerleader enthusiasm. And if that's who you naturally are, that's fine. It's great. But when people can feel the real internal enthusiasm, like when they hear somebody being authentically real, sharing something and being kind and they watch their actions and they hear their words and how they live their lives and carry themselves, that's what it really is. We always say here, knowing is not enough. You must actually do. And I know tons of people who have way more intelligence and way more knowledge than me and have done one-tenth of what I've done in my life because I take action. And I really try to execute and do my best for everybody else. And I'm not, again, I'm not worried about being perfect. I never have, but I never will be. I'm a ready, fire, aim person. And I clean up the shit from there. If I, if I always sat there 
not executing and, and worried about it being perfect and what everybody would think, I'd never fucking get anything done. I'd be paralyzed by fear and crippled. I can't share this. I can't write that. I can't say that. You can't win the internet anyway, and you can't please everybody. So if you know you can't win the internet, right, and you know you can't please everybody, what the fuck's holding you back? Just, you know, do whatever you want to do as long as it's with people's best interest at heart, if you're really trying to help them. There is no perfect time, you guys, to do anything. And at some point, as the kids say nowadays, you just got to shoot your shot. Like, you just got to fucking try and just do it and really throw yourself out there and let the chips fall where they may. But you really have to execute. You can be the most vicious, you know, driven person in the world, but if you don't put actionable steps behind it, it almost means nothing. Number 20, time is the most valuable asset you need to prioritize how you spend it every single day. We've touched on this before, and I'll leave you with the parting stuff. You have the power and responsibility to decide what you do with your time, effort, and energy every single day. So you have to choose wisely. We all get the same 24 hours. And there's actually a quote on our wall here, which I'm going to rip off the wall and read to you guys right now. It's getting dark in my office. It's getting late here. And the quote is by Jackson Brown. And I quote, Don't say you don't have enough time. You have exactly the same number of hours per day that were given to Helen Keller, Michelangelo, Mother Teresa, Leonardo da Vinci, Thomas Jefferson, Albert Einstein, end quote. Now, you could fill this with anybody that you look up to and that you think is crushing it or think is awesome and inspiring, but we all get the same 24 hours. It's just some of us use it a lot better than others, and we're way more mindful of it. And we stopped doing low-return activities. And again, I'm not telling you you can't scroll on social and you you know, can't you know, binge-watch Netflix or go to movies or you know, have drinks with your friends. All those things are important. But if you're not happy with where your life is at and you're not getting the most out of you know, your talents, then you have to be really diligent about where you spend your time and see if you can't success hack and cut a couple of things that are giving you low return to really capitalize on the things that are high returns. And the hardest thing for me would be, you know, as I head into the later stages of my life, knowing that I didn't maximize my potential and have fun along the way doing it. And so I would never want to, you know, 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 25, 30 years from now, I'll be like, you know what? I was way more talented and I should have achieved so many more things. I should have got so much more done. I could have helped so many more people. And not about a legacy thing and not about making money and not about being famous, none of that bullshit. But just the fact of I felt I had an obligation and a duty to help others. And I was being selfish by not putting myself out there and not sharing my knowledge and my gift and really you know, sharing my words and my written thoughts and, and being present for people when I knew I could be, when I was given a gift that a lot of other people weren't given. And a lot of you out there listening to me right now, hear me when I say this. You're talented. You're gifted, man. You got a lot of awesome fucking shit you can give people and you can really help them, but you can't be scared. And you can't be wasting your time doing a bunch of shit that's really not helping you or anybody else. Don't let that gift die inside of you. And don't be scared that you have to be perfect or that you're going to be judged because I promise you this, you will not be perfect and you for surely will be judged and people will hate on you and talk shit about you and the minute that that happens, just know 
you're on your way to really making it and really helping other people because anybody who has been a creator, uh, been a coach, been in the public arena has gotten hate and backlash and people commenting and making snide comments and laughing at them and that's all part of the game. But just know if you have a true gift and a true passion to help people, you can do it. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Again, that's just the 20 real quick truths about life that nobody wants to admit. And these are all things that we really know, yet we don't really live our life like they're truths. And so all this is is just really have you understand that your time is a valuable asset and you have to really prioritize it and spend it on the things that A, matter most to you that are helping people the most and that are bringing you the most value and joy and selfishly that is also helping the world get to where they need to be as well. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Just my quick rant again, originally by Matthew Jones who dumped that on Inc.com. My homie Monty Graham had sent it out and I thought it could help and uh, hopefully it does. It really, it honestly, I know all this shit. I've, I read about a hundred books per year or listen to an audible, I guess if I want to phrase it the right way, because I read like a third grader and I've heard more, you know, success hacks and personal development stuff and motivational speeches and inspirational speeches than any person ever needs to hear in their life. And these are all things I know. And even with that said, they're great reminders even for me. Because sometimes I'm a human, you guys, as much as I know a lot of people think I'm a robot or I'm very much like a serial killer. Um, I'm a human and I have feelings and I get caught up in sometimes the same dumb shit you guys do too. Not really the materialistic stuff and the comparison because that's really not who I am, but just sometimes chasing the wrong things for the wrong reasons. And when you read this list, it's like, holy shit, man. You know, it slaps you in the face and it hopefully helps you be like, you know what? I was spending my time doing this or chasing this and, and for what? What does it really matter? At the end of the day, would my time be better spent doing X, Y, and Z or A, B, and C? And if you know you're spending your time on the right things, that's great. If nothing else, this helped you stop, slow down, maybe audit what you're doing every single day and maybe make you think about things a little bit different and have a little bit different perspective and hopefully lace it with a lot of gratitude as you move forward into 2020 here fastly approaching. So anything else you guys want to hear on the podcast, hit me up, shoot me a message on Instagram, email, Facebook, wherever you guys want to contact me. I'm happy to record it if I can speak on it. I got a Q&A one coming down the pipe and I also have a a list of ways to invest in yourself in your life as well. I think you guys will enjoy. Um, and if you're on iTunes right now, again, stop. Don't be a lazy ass. If you're on your iPhone, open up the podcast app, scroll all the way down to the bottom, drop me a five-star, leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. And if you think this can help anybody, share with a friend, family member. And obviously, if you're on your MacBook or your iPad, just click the iTunes icon. Do the same thing. Five-star comment. I really appreciate you guys for that. It means more than you know. Again, I'm not asking for money. I'm asking you for 25 seconds of your time. If I've provided you any value whatsoever at all, and you've listened to me ramble on for like 150, 200, 300 podcasts, um, I'd love a five-star. So thank you. Um, so again, you guys have an amazing Friday night. I got to hop into my own workout here and then uh, head home and hopefully you know, be a normal human, spend some time with my wife and my dog and do the shit that I love. So until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love, people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.